So I'm with my buddy Ted. Finally, uh, I know yeah. a, lo- <laughs> a lot of people. So I can see the analytics on the back end of my website, obviously, and I get a lot of traffic to my guest calendar. And I felt so bad because I kept like moving our date. Yeah, because we never nailed down one. And that's one thing I don't like about Squarespace is I can't put a to be determined on my calendar. TBD. <laughs> so on your episode, it kept saying we've already done it. We've already done it. Eventually, someone was like, "Hey, I can't find the episode. Did y'all yeah record it or whatever?" But we are finally sitting down and finally doing this. So all don't is worry. well. You didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate you taking the time too, man. I know you're a busy dude. Yeah, man. Hey, no worries. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to let everybody know a little bit about yourself? What all you got going on? Yeah, sure. Uh, so originally from New York, Long Island could take the boy out of the city, can't take the, the city out of the boy, uh, came, came down here for work. I work with Fox Carolina. I'm a morning anchor over there, which has been uh, my position for the past two years. Started off doing meteorology, and that's kind of what, what took me from New York to Michigan and then from Michigan down here. And then outside of working for Fox Carolina, I think uh, I really kind of had an obsession with personal growth and really kind of chasing after self-fulfillment. You know, I think uh, we, we could talk about it further. When I was 23, um, landed in the hospital and pretty much had to kind of reassess my, my outlook on life. And that kind of gave me a whole positivity kick. It's given me a whole, you know, self-fulfillment kick. And I've been been chasing that ever since. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And that's what um, I know you've you've been, uh, you know, you've promoted and, and listened to this podcast for a long time. And I appreciate that. So anytime you hear, just so you know, anytime you hear me reference like the circle of people that push me and motivate me just mm-hmm. by being around them, I definitely include you like in that thought. Like you're one of those that. like every time we're around, you've got 10 different things going on. They've <laughs> they've progressed, though. Because I'm guilty of, I have a lot of things going on and a few of them get way more attention and one or two of them kind of lay stagnant for a while. And I don't like that about myself. So I either need to figure out, take on less projects or maximize more of my time. But it seems like every time I talk to you, your projects have all just kept going. (laughs) Well, if that's the outside uh, perception, man, I I guess I'm doing something right. But I think... I think that's what we all do because mm-hmm. I, I include you as one of those people that kind of keeps me going, keeps me hungry. And talking about being hungry, we put a lot on our plate, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we eat the potatoes and the meat and, and neglect the peas. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it's all about, I want to say it's about balance, but not really. I think it's all about just putting the attention into what means most to you at, the cer- at a certain moment. Mm-hmm. And, and at, at, at some point, you'll start to see that tree bear fruits. And then somewhere else in your garden, you notice it's getting a little neglected you got to water that too and we end up doing the running around run around and the, and the goal is to eventually kind of be in a place of zen in a place yeah. of peace yeah <laughs> and and that's the thing too is you got to think long term because i know i can speak from personal experience and you've probably had this too where people like you were saying from the outside looking in things look great like it looks like it's all fun whereas like even like the post-production of this stuff i know you're doing your own i do my own like Mm -hmm. that part's not glamorous not to me i don't enjoy like i enjoy when it's done i I enjoy that accomplishment feeling but when i'm doing it i would much rather have paid someone to do it yeah it's stressful (laughs) so that's what i would encourage people listening to 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 remember anything you're starting like if you're starting something where you got to ship stuff that part is not going to be glamorous Mm -hmm. like it's just not but that's part of the process. And it also helps you appreciate as you get later on down the road, like 
when you don't have to do that and someone else is doing it, it also makes you more realistic about what you're asking of them. Yeah. Because you, you did those same positions. Gives you a little empathy because you know what you're asking and you know, you know what it takes, mm-hmm. you know? And I think the more you do it, the more you, you get a process for it, right? Yep. The more you do something, we don't, we don't think about backing up out of our driveway, but the first time you did it, you probably paid very close attention to where your mirrors were and, yep. and things like yeah, that. You checked every mirror and you went <laughs> slow and you made sure everything was good. Nobody's around. Yeah. So it's all about trying to get muscle memory and, to your point, the process, the process is key. Practice is key. I'm in no way, shape or form near figuring it out, but I'm, I'm mm-hmm. still kind of swinging that bat and, and hoping to get my form right. Well, and that's what people think, you know, or you could almost say it's cliche, learn to enjoy the process, but you really have to because mm-hmm. the process is grueling sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to get discouraged and it's a roller coaster. Some days are mm-hmm. up, some days are down. And when you're going through those processes, I think the worst is when you, you feel drained and you're putting all your energy into it and you just don't see the results. You don't see the, the fruits, but you, just something tells you to keep going. Yep. <laughs> Something's just like, listen, just don't give up. And, and you look around and other people are content, but you still just have that itch mm-hmm. and you, you don't know why, but you have that itch. At the end of the day, I think it's, it's like a reset moment and kind of just reassure yourself like, okay. I might not get my fruits today. I might not get my fruits tomorrow, but I just got to keep doing these little things day in and day out. Get better by 1%. Yes. Yep. <laughs> well, and that's what I tell people too, is you got to find your why, you know, mm-hmm. and both of us, you know, are, are working jobs, but normal jobs, regular nine to five years is not nine to five, but <laughs> same, same thing. Um, but that's, that's, you know, if I'm being honest, that's part of my why is, I don't want to do what I'm doing. You know, it's not that I dislike it, but I really enjoy this a lot more. Yeah. Like I've told people in the past, I started this for selfish reasons to have uninterrupted conversations with people that I enjoy, I admire, and it's a way to pick their brain. You know, mm-hmm. I've had people on that maybe I wouldn't have the chance. They, they just might not have been able to set aside the time just to chat. Yeah. But because we're broadcasting this to a lot more people and it can help a lot more people they're more inclined to say yes, mm-hmm. you know, and not just for personal gain. They're like, okay, we can reach a lot of people. I'll make time to help a lot of people. So this is fun for me. Yeah. And this is what I want to do. And do I want to monetize this eventually? Absolutely. You know, but only, only so I can continue to do it and I can continue to, to better the show. But that's one thing I think a lot of people shy away from is admitting that, that they they do want to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody looks at it like a bad thing. It's like, no, once you have money, you can help people. You can do whatever. Yeah. Your why can be money. That can be fine. Sure. I mean, when, when you have a family to support, you have a house, to, a roof mm-hmm. to put over your head. Money can be your reason. And I think what's funny about some people saying, okay, your drive is money to do this, have these conversations. They see that ambition, yet they might work a job that they're not too happy with, but they have a lifestyle that they need to support. Yep. So they'll work a job that they're not too happy with just to get that money. You know, how's that any better than somebody doing something they love to try and make money? Right. Yep. So it, it's really all about the perspective. And I think we live in such an amazing time where you can literally get paid to do what you love. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I believe that wholeheartedly. And I think when people start honing in on what it is they love and they really start to not exploit that, but really practice that, and dig deep in that. I think other people 
will start to notice. Right. And when other people start to notice, that's when your career can become that of which you love. Well, and when people tell me that they love what they do, I always followed that up with, okay, so if you go to work on Monday and they say, hey, we're sorry, we've had some things happen, we can no longer pay you. Mm-hmm. How many more days that week would you show up? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just, just be honest about why you're there. Cause that's going to help you in the long run too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if you trick yourself into thinking, Oh, I love my job and I'm guilty of, I'll put things in my own mind. I'll imagine myself in these people's jobs or their position. And it may not be a passion of mine. So I'll have a hard time comprehending. How do you really love that? Like, yeah. How is that really? For example, um, I know she doesn't listen, so it's not a big deal. But I know a girl that does, uh, she works at a staffing place, mm-hmm. you know, helping put people in. She's like, I love that. I'm like, you know, because people, you know, they need a job and you're helping. She's like, no, I just, I'm like, you've convinced <laughs> yourself you love this. Because to me, this person is too lazy to actually go seek out and get out of that comfort zone of what she does love to do. Yeah. So she's tricking herself. Justifying it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Saying I love it, trying to convince herself that I really love this when you don't. Yeah. You don't, man. Like if money was no object, is that how you would spend your time? Because some people would, I'm sure. Helping people get jobs could be very rewarding. Mm-hmm. But for this particular person, I don't think so. Yeah. And I think what's, what's crazy is a lot of people... They ask me about my job and they're like, oh, it looks so much, it looks like fun. You must have a great time. And at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, a job is a job. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough that for my job, do I have to wake up early? Yes. Do I have to be there at a certain time? Yes. But I get to talk. And anybody that knows me knows I love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love to talk. So realistically, I get to, to wake up every morning and banter back and forth on different topics. Now, I could say some of the topics I'm more passionate about than others. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when I get a, a topic or I get to to send a story over and we get to do it and I get to to actually share that with people, those are the days where I'm just like, this is this is awesome. And there's some days when uh, we we do surprise squad here and there and we get to go out and we make somebody's day and a whole crew gets to to cover that. You know, those are the days that make me feel good. For me, it's how do I recreate this feeling every day? Mm-hmm. How do I recreate this and keep this feeling going? And that's where creativity, hard work, you know, uh, perseverance, persistence, that all comes in because when you listen to yourself and you find out what it is that makes you feel good, why not be selfish mm-hmm. and try and do that more? Yep. You know? Well, that's what even doing this podcast has done for me. And, you know, you started yours not too long ago. I'm sure you can relate. It's I can't do small talk anymore. Mm -hmm. If you're a stranger, I don't care what you've got going on. I want to know in detail. Like, I don't want (laughs) to do small talk. And I'll talk for people. You know, I'll talk to people longer than I should only because this has made me enjoy long form conversations. Yeah. You know, which I feel like has helped me outside of the podcast. And that at dinner now, it's easy not to pick up the phone like. I'm used to keeping the conversation going. Mm-hmm. So when you don't, it, it kind of bugs me. You, you become in the moment. And I think for me, it's helped me listen better. Exactly. And yes. I think people pick up on that. And, and I've been at the gym. I've been um, at Charles's office and we sit down and we start talking and I could just see a connection happens. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I mean, you're in it. Yep. You're, you're in it. Here we go. And 10 minutes, 20 minutes goes by. And, and before you know it, you're like, oh. Uh, I, I got to go. Yes. <laughs> There's actually yep. a thing I want to start doing is setting an alarm on my phone 
because I, I literally will be late or I'll be behind in my schedule because I get caught up in a conversation. Yep. And it's because I just fall in that rabbit hole. I'm in that moment. Mm-hmm. So setting up an alarm, kind of like if I have to be somewhere at 4, 3.45, this alarm's going to go off. I don't want to be rude. I'm loving this conversation, but right. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, I try to be mindful of that before. Same exact thing with Charles. Um, for those that don't know Charles, Charles is a good friend of ours, and he also owns mm-hmm. the gym that we go to. So he's there a good bit. And he's a wealth of knowledge. He'll definitely be on the show soon. But it's really hard not to talk to him. He's just always smiling, always happy, always in a good mood. But I'll look at like my time before I even go in there. And if I know I'm pressed for time, then I just throw Charles the wave and he yeah. knows. Like he's he's the same, you know, he's he's guilty of the same things. He's a talker just like us. So he knows if you see the wave, it's we'll chat next time. Yeah. You know, and it's a respect thing, but you know, I'm guilty of the same thing. But speaking of the gym, that's one thing I did want to talk to you about mm-hmm. because I always like talking about workouts. I like talking about food, supplements. Um, I wanted to start with your morning routine because your morning starts way earlier than most, but yeah. it's still your routine regardless of the time. So mm-hmm. walk us through like what you do first thing you're waking up. So my morning routine actually starts the night before um, because I'll be honest, from the time I wake up to the time I'm out the door is about 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure everything's set. So before I go to bed, I'll, I'll shower. I'll pick my clothes for the next day. I'll have my suit, tie, shoes, t-shirt, watch, everything picked out. And, um, I usually try and do my evening routine around 6.30 or so, eat. And then the plan is typically to be in bed by, by eight, knocked out by 8.30, try and get six hours of sleep in. Um, just push back my alarm. I wake up at 2.20. 2.20, the alarm goes off. Get off the snooze button. That's, that's the one advice yes. I can give to anybody yeah. that's listening. Mm-hmm. Get off of the snooze button. Um, so I push it all the, all the way to the limit. 2.20, alarm goes off, brush my teeth, put my clothes on, and uh, I actually sit in the chair you're sitting in. I know uh, if you're listening, you can't see the chair that Matt's sitting in, but I sit in this chair, and um, I have an app called Headspace, and I do 10-minute med- meditation. That's something I started. It gets my mind right for the day. So after the 10-minute meditation, I pick up my bag. I already have my lunch packed. I have my clothes for the gym packed, and I'm out the door. And I'm ready for my day because I leave. I head out the door about 2.40, 2.45. Some days I don't get back to my apartment till 5 o'clock that evening. So I need to make sure that I'm prepared for everything Yep. for the day the night before. So one of the things we're doing different, and at first when he first started talking, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. But ultimately it ends up being the same. So I I don't uh, have a small window when I wake up. I wake up about an hour and a half before I need to get out the door, and there's nothing really pressing that I need to do. But I enjoy that leisure time of slowly making my coffee. Like I'm making the coffee in the French press, so I like to grind my beans and, and do that whole deal and take my time and not feel rushed because that way when I get to work, I don't feel like I woke up, I fought traffic, now I'm here doing someone else's stuff. It's I had some me time. Whereas you're just doing that the night before. Yeah. So your preparation's done. And that was, you know, so it, it kind of leads into the same thing. But that is key. It's key mm-hmm. for me, you know. And to your point, that 10-minute meditation time is is my ability to sneak in that leisure time. Because mm-hmm. I remember you saying that. And I, I realized, like, man, like, I get up and I'm out. I get yep. up and I'm out. And for for some, that might work. But... To, you don't want to wake up and feel like the first thing you have to do is go straight to work. Yes. 
So having the 10 minutes to kind of just meditate and, and uh, clear my mind really quick, it allows me to kind of explore some thoughts and just keep that time to myself. Mm-hmm. So even if it's 10 minutes, it's valuable. It makes a huge difference because there's times where like maybe I didn't get in bed until late and I don't build in that much time so I could make sure I hit my sleep and I'm not as happy. Mm-hmm. Just simply put, I'm in a not a, a bad mood, but my mood is not as good as when I was leisurely able to, you know, kind of, I guess for lack of a better word, lounge, Yeah, you know, for a little bit, give my body time to wake up. Which I want to ask you, how do you reset? Because I, I have some days where my routine gets off. I maybe have a bad day and I, I get into a funk. And I mm-hmm. think my problem when I try and fight is my funk can last a day. My funk can last like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And I really want to work on bouncing back more effectively. Yep. So for me, it's finding what I really love and letting that other stuff live somewhere else. So for me, it's the dog. Um, now I spend a lot of time with my dog because I don't have kids. I don't have a girlfriend, anything like that. So what I'll do is I'll go out on my front porch either early in the morning or late at night, depending on when I need that reset. And I just sit there. I especially like when it's dark. So before the sun's up or after the sun's down, no phone, no nothing. And I'm just present in that moment. It's quiet. It's peaceful. He's out in the yard doing his thing, just having the time of his life. And I'm like, I, I guess I look at him as like a, He's, he's happy with just this. Yeah. So I'm happy with this too, you nice. know, learning to be happy. And then all those things that I was stressed about, I'm really bad about. I'm in the moment so much that if, if I'm in a bad mood, I'll fire off an email that maybe I should have worded differently mm-hmm. or maybe I should have not sent at all. So now the new rule with stuff like that is just I type it out as a note and I've got two different phones, a work phone and a, a personal phone. So I'll type it out as a note in the opposite phone. And then that way I still have to send it to the next phone before it goes out. But to get back to what you're saying is just I put all that stuff away and just get back to something very basic, but that provides me a lot of joy. You know, so that's I guess that's my 10 minute meditation is just sitting there with the dog because there's no phone. There's nothing to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not even interacting with him. He's just in the yard doing his thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting in the chair enjoying life, you know. And look at things objectively and say, okay, I'm stressed about this, but let's look how far I've come. Yeah. That little thing is, is in the grand scheme, that's, that's not even a blip on the radar usually. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I've been trying to do more of a gratitude journaling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not too consistent with that, but sometimes just writing down the little things like, you know, thanks for water. Yep. Something that, that's so simple and accessible for us. There's, there's a lot of people on this planet that don't Mm -hmm. have that uh, accessibility. So. It's funny. I I, I do the same thing. I don't write it down, but I try to take snapshots throughout the day of little bitty things I'm grateful for. And water is one Mm -hmm. because, I mean, look at our homes, how many places we have to get fresh, clean water. I mean, most people would not consider the toilet a spot, but when you've got nothing, that's drinkable water that comes out of there. So most people have five, six, seven or more places to get clean water just Boom. And it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little thing, but I try to remember that. I've never lived in a situation where I wasn't without, you know, or I was without water, but there's a lot of people that are. Yeah. Same thing. Little thing. Yeah. You know, it's same thing driving down the road, you know, like I see someone broken down. I try to be thankful. My car is okay. You mm-hmm. know, cause sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, I want to upgrade, but this is fine. It's mm-hmm. running. It's getting me there. The AC's cold. Like I'm grateful. And yeah. that makes a big difference. It's, it really it's does. When you mention the car, I always think back to, uh, I used to drive an old 
Mazda 6. Mm-hmm. I drove that thing till the wheels fell off. Really, the timing belt snapped on me, but I, I drove it till it wasn't drivable anymore. Yep. And I remember there used to be one key entry, and the the keyless entry remote was out of battery. It wasn't working, and the little key entry fell in the hole. So <laughs> this was on a weekend, and I couldn't unlock my car. The only way I can get in my car was through the trunk. So <laughs> I left my car unlocked for that weekend until I had an appointment at the mechanic. And I remember I was at the mall and I was in Saginaw working as the meteorologist. And I remember leaving the mall and a lady recognizes me as a guy from TV. And I say, Hey to her and her little kid. (laughs) And I get back to my car and creature of habit. I locked my door and this lady's at her car literally right across from me. And I remember walking around to my trunk, (laughs) opening it, putting my bag in. She looks at me. I wave and I crawl into my truck. Oh, I would have stalled. I would have stalled until she. Why is it worse that the guy on TV crawls through his trunk than the normal guy? I I guess perception. People are like, oh, you're on TV. You know, I was wearing a suit (laughs) 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 crawling into my truck. And at the end of the day, I just, I had no shame. You know, that's good. Now that's freeing. (laughs) You know, I'm shameful to admit I would have stalled. Like, oh, yeah, just kind of, you know. Like, dude, even coming up here, I've been to, to your place so many times, walking in, it's funny, that guy that I told you that let me in, like, as soon as I walked in, I'm kind of looking left, looking right, he's like, like thanks, man, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but it was kind of embarrassing, like, I was, I, I was probably walking a little slow, like, hopefully he'll go away, so if I go this way and this is a dead end, I don't yeah. look stupid. Yeah, yeah. Why do we care so much? Oh, man, I think it's programmed in us. Yeah. I think a lot of times, um, I mean, and this is just me trying to put out a theory. Uh, there's no scientific backing behind it, but I think we spend a lot of time being graded through school. You yeah. think about school, we're told about how we've done, yeah. how we've done. Mm-hmm. So I think we're almost programmed through life to seek other people's approval. Yeah, how we stack up. Yeah. It's the pecking order. I guess that's been since the beginning of time is there's mm-hmm. always been a hierarchy and you want to be as high up as possible so you don't want to screw yeah. up. The bell curve, right? Like where do we, where do we fall yep. in, in the law of averages, right? And I think... Just instinctually, we compare ourselves to others. And I mean, sure, in that situation with my car, I might not have any shame, but I compare myself to others every day and mm-hmm. I try not to. I try not to care what people think, but if I'm, if I'm being honest, I do care. I think everyone does. And that's what bugs me when people are like, I don't care what anyone thinks. Like I know maybe a few people that might really truly buy into that and subscribe to that fully, but most people don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's normal. Like, in the gym, anywhere. I mean, it's normal. And I think it's healthy, too. Yeah. Because there's also people in a really bad place, and you see that, and you're like, don't let that be you. Mm-hmm. Don't make those mistakes that you're seeing this person make. That's why I don't like when people are like, oh, don't judge people. You should judge everyone. Mm-hmm. If they're crushing it, then you should judge that in a, in a high regard and say, okay, what am I not doing? Yeah. But I'm not crushing it. To that point, I think you're right, because there's certain people whose opinion I highly value. Mm-hmm. And there's certain people whose opinion I don't really, really care as much. Yep. And it's, it's with all due respect. Uh, if, if I'm in the gym and I see a guy who's bigger and stronger and looking good and they're wearing a, a tight t-shirt or something, I don't take offense to that. Show off your muscles. If you got it, I'm not mad if you're showing it off. What I might do is like, Hey man, um, what do you think of my form? Mm-hmm. Or, 
I'm I and, and this is my biggest thing I, I started doing is complimenting what I when I see something I like. Yeah. Hey yep. man, you look like you're crushing it. I'm just here to tell you keep going. Mm-hmm. Just kind of just give that support out there. And what you'll find more often than not is that they're willing to kind of help you along the way if you're working on something that they're doing too. So just kind of looking at who has what I want. Right. Who's doing what I already want to do and then compliment them and have them critique you. Because I, I know we live, we live in a world of a lot of critics. You know, just look at social media. Everybody's a sports analyst. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a political analyst and they all have an opinion. But, you know, where's, where is that opinion founded? Where is that knowledge founded? I think, and this is, it's not controversial, but I think we live in a time where everybody has a voice, mm-hmm. but just because you have a voice, I don't think that gives you the right to be heard right. on every topic. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why, like, before we were starting this, you know, I was kind of picking your brain on things related to this. It's because I value your opinion because you've lived in that space mm-hmm. on a much larger scale. I mean, what you're doing is live. I can always go back and edit this and change this and do something different. So I guess people should look at where someone is coming from. Look at their credentials because sometimes their opinions may be valid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's. And also thick skin, man. Ah, thick skin. Because someone might tell you something that hurts, but they're not trying to break you down. They might be trying to build you up. Because, I mean, there, there are times you could look back and if you're doing something wrong, you're like, man, I wish somebody would have told me. Yes. You know, yep. I, how many times, how many people have been in the situation where you're talking to somebody and they have something on their face? Oh, yeah. And if those yep. first five or 10 yep. seconds goes by, oh, it's too late to tell them now. Uh huh. No, just tell them. Yep. Hey, you got something on your face. Mm-hmm. Because what's worse is sitting there, letting them have something on their face. You're not being rude yes. by pointing it out. You're helping them. Oh, and then they walk away and they see it and they know that it's, they're like, oh, I, I can tell where I picked that up, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, and he didn't tell me, you know, yeah. like that's dirty. Yeah. You were looking at it the whole time. Yeah. 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 No, I'm the same way. Uh, I want to go back to what you said though, too, about your routine as far as sleep. So you're good with six hours. Honestly. Yeah. And I think I'm still trying to hone in on my sleep. I catch up on a lot of it during the weekends, but I don't know. I don't need more than six hours. Yeah. So I don't want to rain on that parade or scare you, but there's a podcast that Rogan did with a guy named Dr. Matthew Walker, who's mm-hmm. a sleep scientist, like, and he knows his stuff. He's really good. And he was talking about studies that have come out recently where they're correlating like Alzheimer's and dementia to people that got less than seven hours of sleep per night mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> well, I, I agree. And I'll clarify this. Uh, I mean, I have four-hour nights sometimes, five-hour nights sometimes, six mm-hmm. hours. I average about five to six hours during the week, try and do seven to eight on the weekends. The reason why I'm doing it now is to be completely honest and transparent. I'm trying to be able to get 10 hours of sleep in my 40s, in my right. late 30s. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, okay, I could sacrifice some sleep now. But uh, I'll, I plan on catching up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'll do the same. I'll I'll sacrifice an extra hour or something to get some work done. But then, like last night, for example, it was just to a point where like I was not going to be able to focus. Mm-hmm. Sleep was already on my mind, or lack of. If I did the thing that I wanted to do, I was like, "That's a two-hour project minimum." Yeah. I look at the clock. I'm like, "I'm not good with that tomorrow." Yeah. 
So I think it's important to know when to put things on the shelf too. Yeah. I think, I mean, you're so right with the sleep thing and, and because that's something I do battle and my self-awareness is, you know, I'm a morning anchor. I wake up at 2 a.m. I have to be there at 2 at 3 a.m. and, and get ready for the show. But I know my cognitive peak, my brain functionality is always most effective after 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. For me, it just since I can remember, I've always crushed work at night. I've always been best at night. And it's the hardest thing for me because I, I feel as if I do sleep at the times where my brain has its most functionality. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's, I've done different things to try and, and combat that uh, one thing, a keto diet where mm-hmm. the, the keto diets for more sustained energy and uh, gives more cognitive ability for a longer sustained period of time. So I experimented with that a little bit and also intermittent fasting, just trying to hack my body mm-hmm. and understand things a little bit better so I could try and operate at my, at my uh, fullest potential. And there's some days where I, I'm on it and there's other days where, where I'm off. And, and I'm just trying to work on consi- consistency right now. Yeah. And I, I have the same. There's some days where I'm off, but I really try to dissect and figure out what was different. What is off? Like, mm-hmm. is this a stress thing? Is it a sleep thing? Is it a diet thing? So that I can minimize those yeah. as much as possible. Because I've started the fasting too. Um, similar, similar reasons. I wanted to have better sustained energy. Um, I did want to lose some fat. Mm-hmm. And with the fasting, you know, from what I understand, I'm going to try to have someone on that knows a lot. Um, there's some chicks I listen to that have a fasting podcast. So I'm going to try to get one of them as a guest. But so from what I understand is like once you hit, because I try to go eight hours on, 16 off. I'm yeah. not extreme. Like that's because with my work schedule, sometimes I'll look and I'll be like, oh, no, I only have time for one more meal. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not, you know, picking it up. So the eight hour window is ideal for me. So after 12 hours is when the fat burning starts. Is that what yeah, you've that, read too? Yeah, that's what I usually understand is after 12 hours is when the fat burning starts. And, and for me, when I wake up at, at 2, my first meal isn't until after our show. So I'll usually maybe eat around 9, 45, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that's when I get my first meal in. So I'm definitely going to be getting at least 12 hours of fasting. Usually my last meal sometimes is at 5 Sometimes I, I push it if I'm in some work and I get distracted. My last meal will be around six six thirty. Mm-hmm. So I try and get I try and do the same eight hours, eight hours on, sixteen hours off. It doesn't always pan out that way. Yep. But definitely at least twelve hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but I'm basing this on Instagram. Are you normally going to the gym at like eleven ish? Yeah. So usually I try and get to the gym by eleven eleven fifteen. Mm-hmm. Change and I try and do a forty five minute workout. Yep. And the goal is to be done by 12, 12, 15, 12, 30, the latest. And most people will say, okay, your day's done. Uh, that's, that's just my, my day getting started yeah. usually. <laughs> yep. And see, I like that schedule because that's optimum for me is eating a meal about like yours spaced out and then going to the gym. Mm-hmm. That's when I feel the best. But with my current work schedule at my normal job and doing the other things I do, all my meals are done. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not working out good because then I go to the gym after having eaten that much and I'm trying to usually cram it in last minute because I realize I haven't eaten enough yeah. as much as I want to. I go to the gym, I feel kind of full, but then also I'm hungry shortly after. Mm-hmm. Don't want to go to bed on an empty stomach because again, on that podcast with uh, Matthew Walker, it's not good to yeah. on an empty, not good to go on a full. 
So I hate working out and burning off those calories right before bed, and now I'm hungry again. Mm-hmm. So I definitely need to adjust that. Yeah. Which, I mean, to your point and, and to what we're both trying is constant adjustment. Mm-hmm. Constant adjustment. Um, one adjustment I just made, especially when you go talk about going to the gym, oftentimes I'll eat at 9.45, 10 o'clock, get to the gym by 11, and I'm digesting. And after being up since 2 a.m., my eyelids are pretty heavy <laughs> and <laughs> you don't have much of an effective workout at that time. So, uh, I just looked into taking a pre-workout, try and get a kick of caffeine and, and some energy B12 before I get in there and try and lift. And, uh, one thing I noticed, I did the keto diet and on keto, you have sustained energy, but it's not necessarily, you don't have much in the bank. Yeah, there's no reserve. Yeah, there's yeah. not much of a reserve for me. And I, I lost a lot of strength um, on, on keto. And part of that, to be honest, might have been my fat intake. It might have been uh, the amount of meals. I might not have been getting enough calories to really sustain my muscle. So I did lose a bit of muscle along with fat doing keto. And from mm-hmm. that, I lost strength. I, I still kept my routine of going to the gym. But um, I kind of wanted to get some strength back. And your workout stayed the same. Everything stayed the same just so you could narrow it down to, okay, it's the intake of food that's... Yeah. Well, I think my energy was lacking. So the intensity of my workouts kind of eased up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able really to perform at the same level that I was. And because of that, I think the intensity came down. Because the intensity came down, the muscles came down a little bit. And uh, I came off keto August 1st. And uh, I was able to put... um, another 40 pounds back onto my bench mm-hmm. in the span of three weeks. And, you know, muscle memory, carb intake, call it what you will, but I didn't grow muscle that quick beforehand. Right. So the the fact that I was able to bounce back and and gain in, in some weight and, and lift more, mm-hmm. I can only attribute that to having just more energy in the bank. Yep. And I, I'm doing pre-workout too when I have to. Same thing. If I get to the gym and I'm lagging, my problem again is, it's towards the end of the day, and I'm really paranoid about my sleep because mm-hmm. I know it's still in my system. And although I'll be able to fall asleep because people tell me, oh, no, I have no problem sleeping. I'm like, but you're probably not sleeping deeply. Yeah. Yeah, you're falling asleep, but it's not quality sleep. Mm-hmm. I worry about that. What other supplements? Are you taking anything else? Do you do any protein powder, any of that jazz? Or- so I'm doing protein powder after my workout just because since I came off keto, I'm looking at trying to increase size. Mm-hmm. So um, Royal Sport Protein. It's whey protein. I'm using that. One thing I started looking into, and I actually just listened to an interesting podcast about it, exogenous ketones. And that's pretty much, so for those that don't know about the keto diet, you deplete your body of carbs to the point where your body produces what's called ketones. And what ketones do is they burn fat for energy. Now, if you look at carbs and fat as energy, carbs is like the gas tank. Fat is like jet fuel. So it's a more efficient source. Exogenous ketones is simply just supplemented ketones. You, you drink the ketones. And what that does is your brain operates on it better. Your, your body operates on it better. And that allows me to actually have the best of both worlds. I can take the ketones to have that cognitive boost. But when I go to the gym and I need some more in the bank for my workout, the carbs are there to help me out. So I'm experimenting with that right now. And to be honest with you, I'm only about a week in. So mm-hmm. um, I don't really have that large of a sampling pool to give you any results. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it was a really interesting podcast. I'd have to get you some of that information because I think 
I think you'd really like what they touch on because they really explain the, the ketogenic diet and they explain some of these supplements that we take. Yep. And see, that's where I've, I've gone through phases where I take literally nothing. I've gone through phases where I take everything, you know, mm-hmm. branched chain amino acids, creatine, protein, all that stuff. And then one thing that kind of got me off of that is not only the amount of money that I was spending, mm-hmm. I did find value in everything I was taking, but if I guess measurable differences just were not that great to say, hey, I'm spending 200 bucks a month on yeah. all this. I don't think it's worth it. But then, so uh, when I had Rudy on the podcast, Rudy Reyes, who's a Marine and done all kind of other stuff, so I took him to the gym, and he's just an absolute animal. And that's one thing I liked about watching his workout is although we, we went to Gold's Gym, so they've got all the standard equipment, is he didn't use it in a standard way. Like mm-hmm. his workout consists of muscle ups and all this other unique stuff. There's no bench press. There's no squat. It's all very functional training, kettlebell stuff and, yeah. and all that. So I like that because I'm like, I'm going to step outside the box and do that because not only does he physically have the attributes that I want, but you know, his, his body is... Is it, he's got a good physique, like yeah. a really, really good physique. So I picked his brain. He's like, I don't take any of that. He's like, I travel so much. I'm not going to travel with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this dude is lighter than me weight-wise, but bigger than me, stronger than me, more athletic than me, and he doesn't need it. Realistically, <laughs> I probably don't need it. So to sample with that, I've, I've steered clear of all that stuff, and I really haven't noticed a little bit of strength decline, but to be fair... I don't train necessarily for strength as much as I was. Mm-hmm. So that's probably most of it. And I'm like, I feel fine. Yeah. And I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. I could admit to um, using these supplements now to kind of hone in and hack some of my performance, but supplements, that's what they are. They're supplemental. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing, and, and the goal is to be natural at some point, but everything we need, some people say, oh, I take B12 vitamins or I take a multivitamin and whatnot. That's all in the food that we right. eat. And I, I think something my sister told me, which is why I started the ketogenic diet, I had an excuse. I thought it was valid, but she called me out on my excuse. I said, I can't afford to do a healthy diet. And she said, <laughs> yes, you can. You just don't want to spend the time. Right. So when she said that to me, I was like, yeah, it's an excuse. And I did the ketogenic diet and I was able to do it. I was able to figure it out to a certain extent. And the realization with that is if I literally took the time, I could probably get all the nutrition and all the benefits of the protein that I want each day, the the, the vitamins, kale, spinach, potassium, and the bananas. I can find out what I need and I could eat enough of it to get the composition that I want. If I'm being honest with myself, I'm buying the supplements as kind of maybe a form of laziness or kind of Mm -hmm. maybe just, as we mentioned before, what we put our energy into is what we're kind of focused and what we're trying to get done at that time. Yep. I I guess I'm just more inclined to throw money towards those supplements because I'm not, I'm not ready to put in the research and the time. Yeah. It's a convenience thing. Yeah. I was doing the same thing. I would keep a a protein shake ready to be mixed up in my car at all times. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't have time to stop for food or something, because I used to subscribe to that, like, oh, I need to eat every three hours. I need to just eat, 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 pack on, pack on. And now my goals are different. I'm not trying to be huge, not trying to be overly strong, but I really don't feel like I've lost that many steps mm-hmm. by not doing that. Yeah. I, if anything, I, I feel like, you know, cramming that much stuff down your, your gut is not good. Sure. Like with the fasting, that's what I like is it's a, a chance for my stomach to fully finish 
and get done because you think about that's one of the parts of your body that's for most people is never done. Because, mm-hmm. like, I used to eat up until, like, bed, or I'd be laying in bed right at bedtime just snacking on something, you know, and that stomach is always having to work. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, I was probably doing it for laziness. But that's one <laughs> It's funny. That's one reason I wanted to ask you about keto is I know we had briefly touched on that in another conversation, and I knew you were kind of staring away from it. And I wanted to pick your brain about it because I thought you might say what I wanted to hear. So if I'm being honest, I seek out. Now, I've looked at, at both sides, but I seek mm-hmm. out people that I know that really gave it a good shot, like Rob Wolf and people who are just really, really smart in the body hacking thing. And I like when they say that it doesn't work. And I'll tell you why. is because I'm too lazy to stick to any kind of real diet like <laughs> that requires I can only eat this, can't eat this. With the fasting, it's just a window. Yeah. I'm not worried about what I'm eating as much as you know when I'm eating. So I same thing. It's it's a convenience thing. It's lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stick to that and have to cater to that. And yeah, I think with with keto, uh, if I'm being honest with myself, I did it, but I didn't to, do it to its highest effectiveness. I I, I know I was in a state of keto, in ketosis because they have the, the little strips you could test yourself, mm-hmm. and I was in a state of ketosis, but my fat intake wasn't high enough. The calories weren't high enough, and it's not a diet that's for everybody. I think it's very, it's very demanding. And it's very restricting. And yes, there are hacks. There are things you can do if someone's listening to this and they're on ketosis. QT has these protein bowls, which are awesome. Most, uh, if someone's talking about drive-throughs and fast food, a lot of places like Wendy's, you can ask for uh, a burger, no bun, and they'll put it in a little, in a little container for you with a fork and knife. But aside from those hacks, a lot of people think a ketogenic diet is just eating bacon, eggs, avocados, mm-hmm. and all this meat. That's not the case. A lot of people en- end up getting uh, nutrient deficient because they're not eating enough of the vegetables that they need to eat. They're not eating uh, enough of the the good food that you need to eat. So when you turn, when you bring down your carbs, you're going to up your fats, but you also still have to also up your fiber. And I think to ask that for this day and age, it's hard. And if you're, if you're in any way, shape or form looking for a performance, uh, diet, I don't think the ketogenic diet's a, a peak performance diet. An endurance diet, maybe. But, uh, if you're looking for short bursts of energy, I don't see it being that. And that's what I consistently hear. And that's from people that are looking for that and they, they just don't have it. The tank is empty, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, not that I necessarily need that because my job involves just a lot of sitting and driving around and stuff like that. But I do try to maximize my time in the gym because of that. Yeah. I want to offset that. And that's why I'm like, eh, trying to, trying to be objective and hear both sides. But realistically, I want to hear what I want to hear is, which mm-hmm. is, oh, it's not for you. Don't yeah. even bother. My best analogy I could come up with it is you look at a sprinter's body and you look at a cross country runner, cross country runner slimmer. A sprinter, they're more muscular. They mm-hmm. have the, the short trigger muscle fibers. So I could see the ketogenic diet being more towards maybe a cross country diet. And when you talk about the more of the, the high carb diet, that could be more of a sprinter's diet, the mm-hmm. short bursts of energy, the effectiveness in a short period of time. I'm no expert. I think what works for me might not work for who's listening to your point. Everybody's body is different. Yep. I certainly recommend to try and experiment with it. Because the biggest thing keto has taught me was discipline. I did it for seven months. 
I said no to cake, brownies. I'm at a party cutting brownies for people yep, knowing see, I can't eat them. See, you lost me. Yeah. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is having that restraint has taught me so much more than the diet itself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's me is I don't, I don't stick to any kind of diet and I do eat the bad stuff. I try to moderation, obviously, but I also try to put in all the good fuel. Mm-hmm. So my body does have the good things it needs to run on. So I don't feel as bad about putting the bad. So yeah. my body's not only using that. And uh, Tim Kennedy said something on a podcast one time that really stuck with me. Is he's like, yes, I enjoy like those, those kind of foods, pizza, hot wings, stuff like that. He's like, but with what I do being active due to military, especially like the elite level he's on, he's like, I may have to defend my life and the lives of those around me at the drop of a hat. And I don't want pizza and hot wings being my fuel to do it. Yeah. And not everybody <laughs> has that drive and it doesn't have to be that serious, but it is good. You know, when I'm in the gym, I want to think back to at least one of my meals that day and say, okay, that's good fuel for what I'm about to do. Yeah. You know, but I'll pick up a piece of pizza. I guess one thing someone called me out yesterday. I was, there was pizza sitting around, it was available to everyone. I grabbed a piece and they're like, oh, I didn't think you. I'm like, I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's. <laughs> I had Chick fil A for breakfast. Uh, yeah. You got to live life. You have to enjoy yourself. And uh, to, to the military point, I say it as a joke all the time, but there's some truth to it where everyone's like, oh, why do you work out and eat healthy and you're always on a diet and whatnot? And I joke, I say it's for two reasons, to look good naked and to be hard to kill. <laughs> and it might sound like a joke, but ultimately we talk about health mm-hmm. and living your best life, living as long as you can. Exercise allows you to enjoy longevity. It lo- exactly. allows you to preserve your body and be around for a long time. If you're going to have kids, you want to be able to play with them uh, throughout their childhood years. I don't want to be 45 years old and have to sit down and not throw a ball with my son or my or, or my daughter because I'm not taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, someone took something. I, I made a, a dad bod joke a while back, and I can't even remember what it was or I'd repeat it, but someone took that way out of context, and I think they it just kind of hit them in the the right spot where they're well not everyone wants to be in the gym and be all jacked and all this it's not even about that Mm -hmm. it's exactly like you were saying it's for the longevity it's for i mean this this body is the only vehicle that you get to drive you through life yeah and unlike your car you can't just trade it in get a new one Mm -hmm. you know with technology we can fix some things but it's never quite the same so it's very important to manage this you know like this is all these things that you've got have got to work forever yeah so keeping them in tune keeping them in check i mean even just having a strong back i mean there's a lot of stuff i do in my day-to-day life that if i didn't have a strong back would would probably give me problems yeah you know i forgot who said it they had a quote and they said if i knew i was going to live this long i would have taken better care of myself yeah (laughs) yeah and i also i see how my parents are uh my dad 76 my mom's 72 now and just seeing their ability to move mm-hmm. their ability to kind of live and enjoy life is, is something i respect and, and you know i grew up in a household where we didn't get fast food that much yeah. fast food was a treat i know eddie murphy had the joke in uh, eddie murphy raw when he's just like yeah you know in my household growing up if we wanted you know, mcdonald's my mom would be like oh, i have beef in the fridge i'll make a patty some onions better than mcdonald's that was my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was that was my grandmother. She would, uh, it was Thousand Island or something. She's like, this is Mac sauce. This is what it is. It's going to be just the same. 
as a kid, you know, I didn't want that because my friends are eating McDonald's. I want McDonald's. But yeah, same thing. It's, you know, it's what you eat. People, people look at that as like a, a chore, mm-hmm. you know, is eating good stuff. You know, like, ah, it's too much work. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know, cause I'm, I'm in that in between where yeah. I'm not super hardcore, like won't enjoy food, but I also just don't eat like a jerk either. Mm-hmm. I try and keep it practical and just think of, technology has advanced so quickly. Our biology, you talk about what in the past 60 to 70 years, this technology has really bumped up. You're talking one to two generations here. Now, so us as humans, we're not developing as fast as the technology around us. So when you talk about drinking a glass of orange juice, that's like taking 23 oranges off of a branch and eating it. That's crazy. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. So we're, I think we're in an abundance Time now where, I mean, there's a fridge right behind us. Hey, are you thirsty? Do you want juice? You have access to all these things. Right. It wasn't too long ago where we had to go out, hunt, gather our own resources, our own food. And even after that was done, it wasn't done in, in, in abundance. So in the recent past, let's say two to 300 years, we're really having this abundance around us. And I think our mindset recently is every meal has to be a treat. And I don't, I don't see it like that. Right. I think, yes, you need to live life. You need to enjoy. If there's a donut, I'll, I'll enjoy the donut. I'll enjoy some pizza, hot wings, and, and I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it down like the next person. But every meal doesn't have to be that for me. I can look at a plate. I say, okay, I have my protein. I have my fats. I have my fiber. I have my carbs. I have the balanced nutrition. Let me eat that. Yeah, people laugh because I, I could eat chicken breast, green beans, and white rice or brown rice, or broccoli. No problem. I could have that all week, and then Friday I'm eating wings. Mm-hmm. I could eat those wings on Friday because I ate right all week long. Right, yep. And it's funny how much you you think you know, and over time goes on, you realize you don't. And you're talking about the orange juice made me think about it. Is I bought a juicer one time and went to the grocery store and bought all this different stuff to juice, but a lot of fruits. Mm-hmm. And now I know, I'm like, okay, so I was drinking sugar with no fiber. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, the, the the other it's you need the fiber, otherwise it's just straight sugar, and it's yeah, it's a natural sugar, but it's pretty much the same as just intaking a bunch of sugar. Yeah, it's not good, and people they think it's healthy. You know, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it's the juice. You know, it's, it's got to be good. I'm like, in moderation. Yeah, you know, same thing is. Yeah, everything in moderation. That's the biggest thing I think, um, especially. Uh, you, you think of social media, you think of the food that we eat, we're, we're, we have so many things accessible to us. And the biggest thing, we hear it growing up, and because we hear no so much from other people, I think we don't tell ourselves no enough. Mm-hmm. So when you f- think to yourself, you want pizza, oh, I deserve pizza. Why do you deserve pizza? Right. Some some people ask me sometimes, like Ted, you know, what do you, what advice do you have to get healthy? And I say, do the why diet. Why am I eating this? And because it tastes good, is not a good enough reason. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a good reason as to why you're eating something. Try that for a week or two, and find out how many things you pick up and you eat it just because you like the taste of it. Yep. Not because it's nutritious. Not because it's high in protein, high in fiber. Just because it tastes good. Yeah. Well, for me, it's it's a victory thing, too, is because I know that that mouth pleasure is 
going to be gone as soon as that food is gone. Mm-hmm. But that victory of making the right choice, like that'll stick with me for a couple of days. Yeah. Like I'll pat myself on the back for three days for passing on something, you know, bad and eating something good. Yeah. Just because like we said, I know it, it's fueling my body. It's keeping me moving, keeping me moving well. And, you know, like you were saying with your parents who are still active and able to move well, my grandfather just turned 101 this month and yeah, he uses a walker, but he still gets around and he's not nearly as like hunched over as some people I see at 60 or 70. Mm -hmm. So now I try to make it a point when I see people like that, I want to ask like, what did you do for work? Because I'm curious if they were stagnant. Yeah. Because I don't think sitting at a desk for eight hours or, or doing what I'm doing, which is mostly driving around, it's not good for the human body. Yeah. We were made to move, man. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And that's why you move, you know, is it keeps you loose. You yeah. know, it's the people that you see sitting doing nothing. You know, people ask when I when I mention my grandfather's age, I always ask, they're like, so what's the secret? How did I'm like, well, I mean, he's still got a garden to this day. Granted, he sits usually and works in it from there but it's because he always had a garden they burned firewood for heat so he's chopping down trees like that was his life was always moving yeah and that's one thing that stresses me out when people are like oh i don't want to work out well don't work out find something you enjoy that requires you being physical Mm -hmm. because so much is you know sitting on social media watching television doing something that involves doing nothing yeah and it bugs me the biggest thing i've realized when people say, oh, why do you have to do this? Why do you have to do that? Um, it's their insecurities. Mm-hmm. I think they they see somebody else doing something that they wish they could do. And for whatever reason it may be, they don't have, they don't have that faith in themselves to accomplish it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something like I hope to motivate people mm-hmm. and I hope to help people out. Like, Hey, you know, come on, I'll, I'll show you. Uh, how to do this, that, the other thing. I'm more than happy to help. But before you can truly help somebody, they have to see it in themselves. And when I hear someone says, oh, uh, why why are you on the keto diet? I, I got that so many times. Why on the keto diet? You already look good. You already look fine. Yeah. Well, if I stop doing the stuff that got me to this point, what do you think is going to happen? Exactly. Why do so many people lose the weight, put it back on? Mm-hmm. Because the habits that lost them the weight, they stop it the moment they get to a certain goal. Yep. Yeah. So a great book I read on that is called uh, The Slight Edge. And he talks about those success habits, whether it's diet, whether it's making more money in your business or whatnot. A lot of people set a goal and then they stop when they get to that goal. And the habits that brought you that success end. Well, what do you think is going to happen when you stop that, that habit? Right. You're going to revert back to your old ways. Mm-hmm. So you end up just kind of going up and down, up and down. Yep. It's just constant growth. Yeah. Prime example is people who have a big event coming up, always get in shape, wedding, vacation, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to the gym, they do the diet, they do all this. But as soon as the thing's gone, it's done. Like, yeah. okay, well, that's what I needed was that. I'm like, just maintain it. Maintaining yeah. is easier. Yeah. You know how to get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you prove to yourself that you know how to do it. And then once you've reached that level, yeah, maintaining is a lot easier than killing yourself. And that's why people can't stick to it is they flip a switch. And it's a really hard transition to go from this to this and it's strict. There's a wall in between. You can't go back. Whereas like with what we do, there's some room for the pizza. There's some room for the other Mm -hmm. stuff. But then for me, people see the gym. They're like, "That, that just doesn't look like I'm like, to me, the gym is the easiest thing I do. 
they think it's hard. I'm like, that's the easiest thing I do because for me, I guess I've been in the gym so long doing different things. Like I'm pretty sure I know what I'm doing, basically anything I'm doing. Yeah. So I don't have to think about it. So it's a, another form of meditation. Mm-hmm. Being in the gym, I don't have to think. It's just, it's pre-programmed. It's, yeah. I know what I'm doing. This is easy. Yeah. You know. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm almost the opposite where the gym is. It's one of the hardest things I do. But it's important to me because like <laughs> this morning, I get out of work and even with my pre-workout, man, I was tired. I I parked in front of the gym. I took a nap. I took a nap. And I, it's not the first time I've done this either. Uh-huh. I, I literally slept for about 10, 15 minutes, set my alarm for 11, 15. I was outside of the gym at like 11, 15 minutes. I, I fell asleep. Uh-huh. Woke up and groggy walking up the stairs. And I already know, I already know my workout's not going to be effective. It's not going to be great. But I don't, someone else wrote this. I didn't write this. You've seen it on the wall. It says, no matter how you feel, show up. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why. Uh, if I'm tired, I'll take 15, 15 minutes, but I'm going to get in there. I'm still going to do something. I'm still going to get to a point where I at least feel a burn. And it might not be an effective workout, but for me, it's something that hits me mentally more than anything else. The yep. fact of the matter is I, I stuck true to my word. I said I was going to hit the gym after work. I hit the gym after work no matter what. And what that does, it helps build my confidence. Yes. Because I keep a promise with myself. If I tell you I'm going to be somewhere, I'll be there. Mm-hmm. If, I'm t- if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'll do it. Because I know, I, I believe in my ability to make myself do it. Yep. Because when you break those promises to yourself, it becomes easier and easier to do. Mm-hmm. If you have one of those things, you're like, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow, and that happens two or three days in a row, you're probably not going to do it at all because it gets easier and easier and easier. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that myself to the point where it boils over and it just becomes disgusting. Like I'm disgusted <laughs> with myself that I let it get to this point. How did this happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's really important. But then also... I have a lot of those same kind of workouts where I just go in thinking this is not going to be a good one. And sometimes I surprise myself and it is. Sometimes it isn't. But let's say we work out. I mean, I I try to go at least five days a week. Sometimes I go six. Mm-hmm. Are you in there about the same? or I'm usually about four, Okay, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Usually about four. And um, and that's been good. But what I've, I've started doing is Saturday mornings I try and do cardio. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't count that as a gym day, but um, yeah. I know cardio is something I've been been slacking in. So and I, I I row or I'll jog, but mainly trying to get that cardio in, get that blood flow, get a good sweat, make yeah. sure like yep. I'm I'm soaked. Yeah, get that good sweat going, just push myself, and and that's usually the routine. Some days, some weeks, I'll I'll get five, maybe six. Because when my schedule permits it, Mm -hmm. I'm going to the gym. Yep. Just plain and simple. Yeah. (laughs) 